things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Happy Friday. Friday. That sounded horrible. <laughs> I'm over here dying. I was just trying to be sympathetic to your So cause. if everybody, uh, for those who are listening today um, or just listening to but the show. But you do sound sexy. Yeah. Well, you know, I get the sexy thing going on right now. It's uh, Thank you, Dr. Raimondo. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's I have a little something going on. It's a little sick, but, but, but I've been talking all day. Things have been happening all day today. And it's been What's been happening? I uh, can't talk about it on here. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll wait. It. We'll wait to see if it comes to fruition. All right. Do you want me to do housekeeping there? today, then, so you can save your voice for you, the important you, stuff? You can Let's do get that. right into That's housekeeping, fine. people. I want to tell you that today we have two very special guests. Yes, we I will do. introduce them after taking out the garbage here. First of all, please hit the subscribe button to YouTube as the OG will post it right here. Join us on Facebook. Email us if you'd like to Gonzo at the Smoking Truth dot live. If you mm-hmm. have any complaints, if you have any, yeah. we don't really care about that. But if you have any show ideas please let us know also our facebook is growing youtube if you don't uh, watch and you just want to listen find us on all of your favorite streaming platforms as it goes for podcasts anything else else. no we're uh, that's it sweetie we're good yeah see i was in and out like really quick so let's get right wait but wait oh oh, i know you ready i'm sorry i'm I'm getting anxious because the two individuals that are here okay you ready yeah Who's your lover? All right. So now that I got the voice going, well, my dear, my lover today is Knuckle Sandwich. Knuckle Sandwich? Yes. Knuckle Sandwich, Connecticut. And I want to thank you very much for giving that to me. We're both having that today. You know why I'm celebrating today? Why? This month, my tumor markers dropped another three points. I'm just a cancer fighting machine. Right on. We should have like Wait, what's the thing? Oh, that's the the wrong one. Okay. Yay! You got to turn it off. Oh, That's why OG right. didn't tell us that <laughs> yeah, that was there. He knew we'd be abusing. <laughs> Listen, I'm really, really excited today because not only is Eric sick and sounding gravelly and sexy, yeah. however, and there's juicy stuff that he won't tell us, yeah. but today we have our esteemed county councilman from District 4, Troy Kent, oh, who I swear sh- that we've met before. I swear he was on the... Oh, good for you. I swear he was on the show before, but he said no. It's the no, first time we no. ever met. Yes, yeah, first time, yes. But I love that you thought I was here because, like you said, it's like we're old friends. I yeah. feel that in my heart. I yeah. do. You might hate me after, but you love me now. That's <laughs> all that matters. I love you, though. You, you're you very pragmatic, and I get, I like that. We also have Mike the Scud Scudero with yes. us today. We have the Kingmaker, King Heartbreaker. Maker. Heartbreaker. Yeah. Political dirty man. I like it all. You know, I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah. So we'll def- go with that. Yeah. He's definitely all three. Yeah. He's uh, Mike. Let me tell you. It's so, so most people know who listen. Um, I have those around the county uh, who I consider, you know, favorites whenever they either come on or just when I talk about them. Mm-hmm. And so these two individuals definitely are at the very top. I've known Troy probably going on about a good eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Troy knows my wife before he knows me. <laughs> true, true story. Uh, my wife thinks the world of Troy, and uh, every chance I get to kind of just chit-chat with him or BS, whatever, I, I love it. And then, mm-hmm. of course, there's Mike Scarrow. Mike, I've known Mike for going on 11, 12 years now. And mm-hmm. so... Um, Mike is just a solid individual. Yes, quote unquote, kingmaker in Volusia County. Mm-hmm. He won't uh, own up to it, maybe, but uh, Mike, Mike knows the political realm 
in Volusia County. He, he knows keeps, where all the bodies he keeps are. His finger to the pulse of what's he going on. He knows where yeah. the bodies are. That's yeah, what I like. He knows. He knows where bodies are buried in Tallahassee. I asked him if he would cam- be a campaign manager for me, and he said he couldn't do it. So yeah. I was a little, you know, yeah. like well, if, if it's, not, could, it's not personal, but when you yeah. take an oath, you got to stand by it. Or Whatever. What, or what was the point of taking? That's the oath. why we can't get anything done because of partisan Maybe politics. If we had a Democrat, another Democrat in the race, and he felt like, well, you know, between the two, Dana's the better of the two. Maybe you know. Well, if you were only running against a Democrat yeah, yeah, yeah. or or even an NPA or a third yeah. party, I could mm-hmm. help. But if you were running against an R, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah, You would even do that. You would not help me run against Sharon. Oh, God. Who? Sharon. Barnaby. No. Oh. No. That's a definite no. <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is um, – We'd have to we'd have to figure out a way. We could do it in the dark. I don't want to talk about it because then people will know that we're talking. Or just switch parties and be like everyone else in this freaking. No, it ain't happening. Yeah, it's not happening. Oh my (laughs) god, I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. Commissioner, that was quick. That was a quick response from you. Not even thinking about it. No. Yeah. I've I've had like you know fifty years to think about it. You know, I'm good. She's like, yeah, I just you know the the party of uh, what she likes to term as Uncle Ronnie is she's not crazy about it. So not uh, not to get too (laughs) off subject here, but. Go. I was telling Troy about it earlier when, when we saw you in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself like the last of the blue dogs or no? Because I know I do. you're a Southerner I do. lifelong. I do. You're a dying breed. I I know this. And that's yeah. sad to me. It's sad to me that the breed is dying because I believe I believe Reagan era Republicans and blue dogs are a thing of the past. It's sad to me that that we don't do that cooperative spirit anymore. I consider myself very um, stretchable across the aisle. You know what I mean? I have Republican friends. There are Republican ideas that I'm very strongly uh, aligned with. And usually it's a, I'm very, um, I believe that I conservative, um, fiscally conservative, but I also believe that um, when it comes to things like I'm against welfare, um, I believe in short-term help, but not long-term, so that it becomes a generational thing. I absolutely hate that. Um, but uh, as far as what w- women's rights are, as far as reproductive rights, I am hardcore blue. Um, and most social issues, I am. I believe that we're doing a shit job in Volusia County on these issues. And uh, I look who's in charge and... Uh, it's not surprising Sounds to like me. something we might get into at some yeah. point in time. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you this, though. Even the legislature, Mike, so there's like 38 Democrats up there. And I tell you, so this week somebody came by to see me on something. It was criminal justice related. And I told them, I said, look, you know, at this point, you may not get a Republican just because they're all like their slots are filling up in whatever case may be right for mm-hmm. those slots. However, I mentioned probably maybe five names. I told them of Democrats. That I know work well with the Republicans. The Republicans actually like spending time with them and and having a good conversation, even if on certain issues they disagree, mm-hmm. because the overwhelming twenty some odd Democrats up there are just like super liberal and they're just not going to get anything done. Yeah, you know what? And that's so. again, that's a shame. And I hate extremism on any uh, regarding anything yeah. on either side. I decry it on my side, the Republican side. Uh, the days gone by. I will tell you one of the Republicans that I admired up until a couple of days ago until I found out he was involved in some stupid ass bills is Stan McClain, which I called his office today because I want to talk about it because it's shit bills. Stan's a great guy. On. I know. Uh, I, we'll talk about it at some <laughs> juncture. Uh, 267, 665, 684, and 812. I need to talk about those bills at some juncture because they're bullshit and they're pro development and we can't have that. No, so that's no. where I'm at with that. All right. Okay. That said, quick question. Yes. When does Dana have to start putting quarters in the swear jar? 
I, I usually tally up five dollars at the end and just put it in. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah, twenty. I'll yeah. tell you what. Listen, because Troy, you're paying attention. We'll just put one in right, right. right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, right. Just, I mean, I'll set like, it up like a metronome. Yeah, maybe like eight more. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it right away. Okay. I want to, if you don't mind, Dan, to kick it. it off, and then we'll kind of go on sure. with Troy being here and Mike. Yeah. By all means, jump in whenever you think you can. All right, so Troy, one of the reasons why I wanted um, you on here and um, was because of this whole dust up that's recently happened um, between the uh, school district. Right in the county council, and I we asked Danny last week a little bit about it. We didn't touch too much on it because I figured you were going to be on, um, and kind of wanted your whole take as much as you can, much as you can opine on Troy. Sure, just give us your take because I know that you you all were frustrated with the district. They were coming up. Uh, you felt as if they were unprepared to ask certain questions that not only that you asked, but other your other colleagues on the dais uh, asked as well. And there were some, and then there were some shots thrown at you, leveled at you from sure. the district. Um, I think the district CFO leveled some shots at you, um, and you retorted back with some facts. Sure. So I kind of want to just, I want you to be able to set the tone with everybody and kind of go, hey, this is what transpired, and this is where we're at as a county council, and the reasons for it. So. Right. <clears throat> and first of all, thank you both for having yeah. me on. <clears throat> it's it's really good to be here and to check out the whole program yeah, and system you it, have. Man. Yeah, it's really cool. So you know, let me just bring you to the beginning, yeah. which is I had a, a sort of like a one-on-one meeting with the district. Mm. I guess I'm assuming they were meeting with all county council members. Okay. And at that meeting, I asked some of the exact same questions that I asked from the public dais mm. on November 7th, which by the way, if anybody wants to go and see factually what happened, you can go to volusia.org, mm. the November 7th meeting, item number four, and just watch it for yourselves. But I asked some of those exact same questions from the district staff about um, how much money they had in reserves. Mm. And they didn't have answers at that meeting. And it was a week to 10 days before the county council meeting. So I just knew when they came before Mm. county council, they would have the answers to the questions that that I had. They didn't. They came totally unprepared. It was embarrassing, actually. and. You know, here I am looking at their PowerPoint and I'm asking specific questions about it. And then we hear from them, oh, well, the numbers are skewed on this PowerPoint. These aren't completely accurate numbers with um, threat assessments and things like that. So, you know, it makes me come up with even more questions for the county. And I, I just was I was I was disappointed with their answers. I mean, here we are, November 7th. Yeah. Everybody in in government, you know, our our budgets are September 30th to October 1st, and we're a a month and a half or a month into our our budget, and they're coming to us with their hat in hand asking for our taxpayer dollars when they are the absolute giant when it comes to collecting tax dollars. They Mm -hmm. have a $1.4 billion budget, and they were sitting on their unassigned reserves um, of close to $27 million, yeah. but they want us to pay for a situation that I believe they should be paying for wholeheartedly. Now, let me just also jump in and just, just add this piece. And that is we have many cities that participate mm. with the school district mm-hmm. and provide police officers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ormond beach is one of them. New Smyrna, Daytona beach. I'm going to stop there. Ormond has one. New Smyrna has one. Daytona Beach has nine mm. that they pay for. Okay? okay. So if if I'm a city commissioner in any of those cities, South Daytona has one. I'm a city commissioner in any of those cities, and I watch the county council 
go ahead and pick up this tab because one of the questions I asked was, well, why isn't Port Orange participating? And they said they don't have the personnel. School district said that. Yeah. So I responded mm-hmm. with, okay, they don't have the personnel. Do they have the money? Let them you know, come up to the table and participate with the money. Yeah. I said, what about Holly Hill? Holly Hill's in there. Oh, well, Holly Hill said they just don't want to participate. I represent all of Holly Hill. I have a great relationship with their mayor. You know, Chris V is a great guy. Yeah. So, well, do they want to participate anyway at all? Because that's unfair to all the other cities that are participating and all of the other um, county residents that are paying for this. Yeah. So it got me really questioning some things. So my first question out of the gate was to – Uh, our attorney, who they really went after him in a a, a terribly negative way as well, which, you know, I mean, we teach kids not to bully, but yet what do they show? I find find it interesting because Mike Tyre was a former school school district attorney too. Right. So so Mike knows. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And, um, you know, my first question to him out of the gate was, whose sole responsibility is it to pay for any type of security, law enforcement, in the schools, mm-hmm. state statute, 100, 100% the school district's responsibility. Yeah. How did the county get roped into this years and years and years ago? And now it's just, oh, we're going to just continue this 55-45 split. Well, I don't know that we're going to continue that, at least from my vote, especially yeah. when I'm all I'm doing is asking questions and and uh, showing some, some things that I believe are common sense. Yeah. And then you come and attack me. Yeah. You have your CFO, you know, publicly put out a press release that I'm yeah. sure was approved by by everybody there. And I'll just tell you, I had CEOs throughout our county reach out to me, mm. and the constant theme that I heard about the CFO not being present at that November 7th county council meeting and the superintendent being absent from that county council meeting was that it was completely unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, I had I had people in our community who, uh, you know, movers and shakers and also, you know, just just regular citizens who reached out to me mm. and said, this is unacceptable. Well, the CFO, if I'm not mistaken, I think, Troy, you called it out, which was the CFO, I think, was was going to another engagement on like CFOs from around the state of Florida or whatever it may be, some conference they go to. Right. Correct. And so but I think what you had pointed out was, hey, they hold their conferences twice a year. He's already been to one of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. If he wanted to be here for that, if it was that important to them, that he should have been here for this one and not necessarily went to another conference, which he's already been to before. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> and that came from them. School okay. district came out All with right. there's two uh, there's two a year. He attends both of these every year, which is why he decided not to show up or yeah. someone there decided for him not to show up. But we had the, the deputy superintendent. Yeah. Couldn't tell me how much money they had in unassigned reserves. Oh, and then, and then I'll just say, in their press release, they come at me and start questioning my abilities yeah. as a leader in the school district by yeah. saying, "Oh, well, you know, we're surprised Mr. Kent would want to dip into this fund or that fund, and he has a leadership degree." Go back to November seventh mm. County Council meeting, Volusia.org, and listen. I said, go into your unassigned reserves. I saw that. So I want you, so I want everybody to know when, when the article came out and I was reading what the CFO had said, right? Cause I went back and I did, I watched the whole entire interaction 
And what I will tell you is that the minute I saw him put out his statement, I said, well, that's not right. Because that's not what was said. That's what was talked about in the meeting. Right. And I know that. So to me, and, and so we touched on this last week a little bit, right? So obviously, you know, things you'll hear from Dana a lot of times are we don't have enough teachers. There's concurrency issues and so forth. Not to say that it's necessarily your guys' responsibility as well. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you know what? It actually is. And we'll get into that. All right. And so, and obviously when it comes to these deals, these land development deals and so forth and, and whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that my challenge is this, you're coming before the county council. And I think I may have mentioned this to you privately a couple of weeks prior to when you and I, when we happen to see each other is that, you know, you're sitting here, you're built, you built out a brand new school up in that North Daytona, South Ormond beach area, right? The brand new ones up there. You close down two schools that are up there because you said, Hey, look, we can't use these schools. Kind of what they're using with Repatillo, right? Oh, there's all this mold in there. We can't do anything with it. Right. However, now the district wants to go back and reopen one of those schools for some, for, for I think some sort of ESC or special needs um, kids because they're already in one as it is. So you, you basically the district came to us and said, we got to shut down both schools, but they're going to reopen one of them. And in all this, I'm sitting there kind of going, wait, we're talking about $348,000. To your point, you could have easily dipped into reserves on. And that's when I told Dana, this is my problem with the district a lot of times. And Troy, I know you work in a district. And so I, I never want to put you in a hot seat like that when it comes to how far you can comment or not. No, but I can. Yeah, but you can. And so, Mike, if you if Mike, if you want to chime in, go please, by all means. This is what well, pisses me off about how they spend their money sometimes and what they do. You Now you can just relax for a second. Yeah. <laughs> this school district needs an enema. <laughs> do you realize we've now had like five, maybe six different superintendents in the last 10 years? Brother, you're preaching to the choir because this you know how many city managers Deltona's up. had? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, this is the Deltona of school districts. Yeah, yeah. Really oh, is. man. Scatera <laughs> went gonna, deep, man. First cut that. is the yeah. deepest. <laughs> but this, this, is, this is indicative of the failure in leadership and, and what the county council experienced and what anyone who goes to the website and watches the actual recording of the meeting will see is that case in point of failure that goes on yeah. with decision making, with how they conduct themselves. And it all starts at the top, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's unfortunately, I don't see it getting better anytime soon, at least not until it gets worse first. Yeah. And, and instead of instead of saying, you know, OK, next day, you know what? <sighs> If I'm the school district, I'm thinking we didn't do well. Mm -hmm. We came unprepared. We couldn't answer questions. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to probably every county council member and just let them know, hey, you know, we've got to do better. Yeah. What can we do to work on on this situation, you know, so we can keep this synergy going? Yeah. Nothing. Double dip. Did they double down? And oh yeah. Instead, instead they came out with that press release from the typical evolution evolution fashion. It was like, wow, you know, why why be a bully like that? Why why come at anybody uh, negatively? You know, Michael Dyer, who he he didn't he didn't deserve that, and I don't think I deserved it for asking questions uh, uh, for my constituent base. I mean, it was a seven zero vote. Yeah, all seven county council members were adamant. They were like, no, we're a no on this because mm-hmm. of the questions I think that I brought up. Mm-hmm. And and here you got to come back to the level of pettiness that went into this. As, as Troy was saying, they didn't come out and try to make it right the next day. They yeah. held a news conference in front of a school. They sent out some flunky to go and talk to the press to, to bitch some more. Yeah. Like, you know, 
when's yeah. enough enough here? And then what did they do this week? They wound up paying for it anyway. Yeah. Because guess what? It's their fucking job. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I missed. Ooh, hot court. It's not there? the county's job. And yeah. I think this opens up an important conversation about whose job it really is. And the CFO was wrong. Yeah. Now, I, I know he may be a math whiz to become a CFO, but he doesn't know shit from Shinola about Florida statute. Because yeah. the statute on it's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. It says the school district may enter into agreements with cities and counties about a cost sharing arrangement. It does not require any city or county to pony up and do this. And I think not only to the cities that Troy mentioned, you know, the Holly Hills, Daytona's, Port Oranges of the world, did it open up the door to going, wait a minute, I guess we don't need to pay for this. I think it's going to create a larger conversation now around the county when you got a 7-0 vote like they had about, should we be paying for this at all? Right. Yeah. And, and congratulations, school district. And I'm really glad that you brought up the, the may or shall because the uh, the newspapers they the, overlooked that. Well, yeah. it's a huge distinction. But yes. I think the, I think the Tallahassee talk it's a huge yes. distinction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but one of them got my quote in the paper right and said that I don't think that the CFO understands the difference between the words may, may and shall. And shall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is how it's written. He does state statute. I'm here to tell you, he didn't. Well, he I, issued his comments and his rhetoric. He didn't know the difference. So, Mike, apparently. you brought up an interesting point. This is a conversation Troy had with my wife privately on the district and just in general, and some of the things we're seeing with test scores and like, oh, and I, I see this all the time. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to spin the way the test scores are coming out a certain way. And, oh, like right now the state's not counting any D's right now. So the district's going around touting certain things, whatever. And I'm just kind of like, wait a minute. And so I want everybody to understand something. This is a conversation I had with somebody not too long ago. And I sat there and said, we've had all this move on superintendents leadership, right? Over the last over the last decade, fifteen years, whatever it is, right? And I just sit here and I tell everybody, <clears throat> you go across Ridge, Seminole County, with everything that's happening with the state. I know all the bull crap and some of this the nonsense. Some of it's good. Some of it, I know some people don't like the bad, whatever you want to call it, come from the state. Seminole County has always been able to maintain their pretty much A rating, right? Volusia County has teetered back and forth, or they always complain about something, or we didn't have enough resources for this, this, that, and the other. And I go back to a couple of things. That's a lack of leadership on a couple of different fronts. This is what I've noticed myself. Number one, our district underutilizes talent that's here in the county. There's plenty of good talent here. But I'm telling you right now, if you say something that you don't necessarily always agree with with the district on, and you have a difference of opinion on it, instead of having a, good conver- a larger conversation about that, you know what they do? They shut you down and they shun you away. Or we're going to put you in a school somewhere that you don't, you know, we don't want to hear from you anymore. That's, I see a lot of that happening, okay? I've seen it time and time again. And I just sit here and I kind of go, why is Seminole County constantly doing better? We're right. And, and, and let me bring something up too, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit further because I can't, because I'm half Puerto Rican, right? Seminole County. I know. Because I'm a fucking man. Because I'm a fucking man. So <laughs> when you talk about, when we talk about, okay, so why African-American students and maybe Latino students don't do as well, right? And so, and what are we going to do to bridge that gap between your Anglo students and, and them, right? Let me tell you, Seminole County has a higher Hispanic population than Lucia County does, percentage-wise. They do better. We don't. So it's not just about Hispanics not being able to bridge that divide. There is something going on in Lucia County that's been going on for a long time on this lack of leadership. I remember when, anyways, I'm not going to say too much because a person passed away, unfortunately, but there were a former superintendent 
you know, came up with this idea. Well, we're not going to have this stuff. We're not, we don't need the books for, the, for these programs, this and this and the other. Seminole County still, was still using them, but somehow we got it in our heads that we didn't need. And you know what happened? Three, four years later, we're bringing, we're, we, had to, we realized we had to go ahead and purchase all the books for the program because we just knew it wasn't going to work without, without the stuff. My point is sitting there going, I just sit here and kind of go, this is what upsets me. And so, Troy, to your point, it's that I don't know what's going on internally right. within the district itself. And I know you're something. I know you may be limited in what you can comment on, but to the point of them coming to before the council and not being prepared, I have to sit here and wonder what the hell's going on. Because I told somebody already, nominally speaking, we've gotten a little bit better. That's also because the state's gotten better in, in, in some in many respects. But when we talk about real gains, Lucia County, we have not. And then everybody has to come up every three, four years when the contracts up. Oh, this is what we did. Oh, we did a great thing, and they want to get more money for it. I'm going. We are not much better in, in the large context of things than we were just a decade ago. We may have been a little bit only because the state of Florida is naturally is progressing in a certain way. But can, to sit here and say that definitely Volusia County is really stepping up to the plate? No, we're not. And I go back to the I, I just seen too much, and I'll say this internally because I don't care. I'll say this because I've seen things over the years, and I've had private discussions with my wife. And there's a lot of underutilized talent. I mean, we're now talking about, or now it's actively happening. We're going out, we're hiring people from other countries to be teachers over here right. instead of hiring our own teachers over here in the States. Why? Teacher shortage? Well, I know there's a national teacher shortage. I know there's a teacher shortage here in Florida. But guess what? That's also indicative of the work environment that's happening over here from administrators down to teachers here in Volusia County. Because I'm telling you right now, there, I looked at the openings, Troy and, and Mike, I looked at the openings, and Dan, I looked at the openings. We compared between Lake County, Flagler County, Volusia County, Sumner County, Orange County. On a per capita basis, we're one of the worst ones. Eric, yeah. when, is, when is the discussion going to happen about pay and compression? You know, when, they, they've been when, having those conversations about it. And here's the when thing. When are they going to address it? When are they going to fix it? Well, here's the thing. I don't know, but I will tell you this, that this year, the governor, thank you, Uncle Ronnie, finally <laughs> stopped putting these caveats in the budgeting to tell us, or to, to, um, when I say us, I mean to tell the district how they have to distribute that money between new teachers, compression, because compression is a serious, serious problem. Our older staff, and I don't mean chronologically, I mean our ex more experienced teachers are leaving. First of all, there are, there are a few factors, okay? Compression being one of them. They don't feel like that they're being addressed honorably. It's like, why bother, right? Number two is hiring a talent pool and incentivizing so that good teachers come here. Number three is we have the state now dictating how teachers are going to teach, and it's full of so much bureaucracy and paperwork that they can't teach and they can't instruct. There's a lot of duplication. There's a lot of crapola that goes on and at the state level. And, you know, here's the thing. The people spoke. The people voted in. The people is, is this is who the people chose. This is your this By a is wide your, margin. This is your, this is your well, I'm gonna tell you something. I had a problem, first of all, with the governor interfering with school board elections. He pierced the veil, he pierced the veil between what is supposed to stay nonpartisan. Everybody knows that it is, but it's one of the last fail safes that we have as far as being civil in elections. He interfered with elections, basically endorsed people. And he has no fucking idea what goes on. He endorsed Fred Lowry 
Okay. I worked with Fred and I wish he had won. Listen, Things would have been better. No, it would not. Oh my fuck, you are got to be kidding me. You are so fucking. He wouldn't wake up fucking long enough to do anything, Mike, for fuck's sake. He didn't do anything while he was on county council except add a no every now and then. He was very fucking flaccid as far as I'm concerned. But now, here's the thing. But now we have a sexy panty sniffer in and everything's better, right? That's who Uncle Ronnie wanted in. So now the fucking board's better. Oh, my fuck. Talk to me about that. Stay out of our elections. You don't understand our district. You don't understand the challenges. You don't understand the people. You don't understand the student base that these people are having to deal with, the teachers. You know what I'm saying? And let's listen and let's cram. Let us go ahead and cram more bodies into schools where we have no teachers and let the county keep signing off on development when they fucking know that we do not have the infrastructure, educationally speaking. But we're not addressing that at county council. You're you're over. Troy, you can speak to this. How much actual development is in the county? No, no, no. Listen, here's a, let me, let me. You're saying the county. No, no, no. Listen, here's what I'm talking about. Listen to me. You may, you may tell you what is your fault. Let me tell you what is county council's fault. I sent a letter. Tell me. I sent a letter. I'm going to tell you how I I feel. I know you're going to find it shocking. (laughs) The county is responsible for the interlocal agreement with the Board of Education that talks about concurrency. When I pointed this out, the the county attorney was kind enough to send me a letter that told me what I told him. It didn't discuss what the responsibility of the county is for that interlocal agreement. No, you don't set educational policy, but you do write the interlocal agreement that tells them what the parameters are and how they judge concurrency. The county has control over that. Now, part of the concurrency issue that I've been jumping up and down on for the last two to three years is that when you figure concurrency in Volusia County, you look at the development, how many students, one student Per four apartments. Bullshit. Volusia County breeds like rabbits. Don't even try me with that. Well, okay, yeah, so now wait. I'm going gonna... to finish, Scudero. I'm going to finish. First of all, there's that. That's bullshit. There are more than one child per fucking four apartments. I'm going to tell you that right now. Second of all. I'm, when glad, you... I'm glad you're getting like 11 quarters. <laughs> Listen, yeah. second, second of all, second of all, the county has the power within that interlocal agreement for the formula that the Board of Education uses. The Board of Education is in charge of making sure that that formula is applied. What you are missing, when you add the lack of teachers, a teacher in any given school, you have schools that are 108% capacity. They're allowed to be at 115%. But if you were to factor in the teacher shortage, the teacher saying that, or that it is supposed to be in that classroom, then you add a base of what is it? 30 kids. How many can the teacher teach? 30 kids per teacher, whatever that is. I'm just going to use that number on the grade. Exactly. So you have three teachers missing. That's 90 students in that body. And you're still telling me that you're at 108% capacity. Bullshit. You've blown past that capacity. Go ahead. All right. You know, I sit on the planning board in Norman, largely thanks to Troy, because that was when he was still a Norman commissioner. Yeah. The, the funny thing to me is I see all the projects that come through Ormond Beach, and there there have been a number of different housing-related projects over the last six years that I've been on the board. And the funny thing is, in every one of those, every packet that we see, the letterhead approving of the project by the school district, I forget what her name is, but her her signature's on every letter, and, and I've yet to see one where she said, we're not able to accommodate this. It doesn't have Volusia County on the top. It has the Volusia County School District on the top. So hold on, hold on. And Ormond Beach schools are some of those that you're talking about, these 107, 108% capacity. You know what the problem is? 
they want the friggin' impact fees. And they're never going to say no. It doesn't matter how many people are in Here's these the schools. thing. They don't pay for shit. They don't. They, they don't, don't care. They, but, exactly. but they want the money. So and, they can piss it away on who knows what. And Dana, but what happens then? Hold on real quick because you, I don't want you getting in trouble on this. The problem is they take that money, piss it away on whatever, and they know damn well they're never going to build another school. They're, uh, they're, they've got schools that are under capacity because the growth has been away from the schools they have now, and they don't know what the hell to do about it. And that's, again, why the school district needs an enema. No. From the top down, it's a cluster, you know what, and it's got to end. There are a lot of I was, I was just going to say, you know, to Dana, I'm, you know, I've seen you at county council meetings a couple of times. I've never been to your city commission meeting in Deltona, <laughs> but I, you know, I am. Speaking of shit shows. I am impressed. <laughs> the school district. I, I, I am impressed with your, your depth of knowledge of things relating to schools. And I'll just tell you, it was 15 plus years ago. I was asked by, I believe it was board member at the time, Judy Conti to serve on the school concurrency board. And I did. And it was eye-opening for me. But Volusia County Council didn't ask me to do it 15, 18 years ago. The school board asked me to serve on it. And, and I listed on my resume that I was a school concurrency board member, you know, for, for some time. <clears throat> so I just wanted to, to throw that out there. And then, Eric, before we got too far off of it, yeah. I just wanted to say I do believe a real healthy discussion needs to happen about the compression. Mm. You know, when you, when you have employees – that um, and I'm talking, you know, not just teachers, but office specialists, yeah. et cetera. But you have employees who have uh, 12, 15 plus years of experience, and you're hiring people with zero years of experience, and they're getting paid mm -hmm. like almost identical. It doesn't feel good. It's not a feel good thing for those people who have been mm -hmm. dedicated, hardworking, and let's not forget this next word loyal. They've been loyal to their employer and they've shown up and they've done a good job. And the person coming in off the street is brand new and yeah. we're glad to have them, but they're making the exact same thing. And the other thing I just wanted to make sure I, we didn't, we didn't go too far over was you brought up the mm -hmm. new school and I'm glad you did because Ormond beach had one beachside school, mm -hmm. Osceola elementary. Yes. My mother was the first sixth grade class graduating from Osceola elementary. Mm. My five brothers and sisters and I graduated from Osceola Elementary. I was the president of Osceola Elementary in 1987. <laughs> student council. Did I run that campaign? Oh wait, no. Yeah, no, no, you, yeah, you were like you were like you were like five years old. <laughs> so so you didn't run it then. Um, so but I'm just saying, whenever that decision was made and Osceola was shut down, mm. which by the way it's, it hasn't been shut down. It's been used uh, as you know the homeschool while they were building the new school. Huh. And now Tomoka elementary is using that yeah. school. But yes, we heard about how, uh, what terrible disrepair this location was. Mm -hmm. And now we hear it's going to be used for like Riverview's new campus. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a, it's a good question. It that you brought up. So, 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 wait, uh, cause I'm so ADD. Yeah. I'm going to forget this, which is really, really important. Yeah. And dictating class sizes also doing that fancy school math that they do. And what's happening now is we have ESE kids getting robbed of the education they deserve because they're taking a teacher and they're saying, Oh, that, um, when they redistributed classroom sizes that you could factor, 
factor in uh, the teachers used for ESE. That's pulling them away from federal funding, their federal funded job. And we're playing a little grab ass in doing that also. And our ESE children are getting robbed because of that. So when I say that the whole that whole concurrency system is flawed, it is. Down from how you distribute children, how many teachers you assign to classes, you ask why teachers are disappearing in droves. That's the reason why also. I don't know if right now I, I have any friends on the school board. That may change after this <laughs> next election. But you should serve on the next school concurrency um, group that they have. You, you really should be a board member on that because your advocacy and, and uh, your, your fire that you have is I, I think it's needed for the conversation. I don't know that it's all going to go your way, but I think it's a I'm good, used to that. It's a good <laughs> conversation to have. She's a Democrat. In I'm, used to, I'm used to disappointment. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, Troy, to the early point, and uh, so Dana's going to love this one, right? Troy, I will tell you 100%. <clears throat> when a governor came out with the, the, the uh, pay raises two, uh, two sessions ago, right? Mm -hmm. I was all for it. I think it moves us, it, it steps up the game for the state of Florida in many ways. And I think it's long overdue for a lot of teachers. That said, if I had been writing that bill, I wouldn't have done it the way they did. Yep. Because I agree 100% the compression rate, um, I didn't like it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I had conversations with a few other folks too, members as well. And I will tell you, they told me the same thing very privately. They wouldn't have done it that way because yep. they knew exactly what was going to happen. It was going to create this discontent. right? And so now now the budget's proposed, uh, the, the governor's new proposal, I think it's like 8,400, 8,500, whatever it is per student spending, which is you know, it's going to be a, a huge increase. But within there, I'm hoping there's a conversation on what we're doing as far as allocating more funds, which I got to find out about because I don't remember all the details. But we got to um, uh, find out what the details are on hopefully increasing giving them the money to the district so that way they can uh, yeah. alleviate some of the concerns that you're talking about in yeah. compression because I do believe it was restricted in, it was restricted by that bill how much 20% could go towards new teacher and then a certain percentage could only only a certain percentage could go to compression that's one of reasons it was why limited they, and it was bullshit well that's, one, that's also one of the reasons why they freed up the um uh oh my god what I forget the name of the word Troy what's the one where they talk about uh, the restricted monies that you can only use a certain way I'm coming out from the state. You're not uh, talking about the no, no. You're not. I, I, I thought you were talking about the, the DCD, but no, 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 no. It's it. So, anyways, I know when when funds come down from the state that they the state mandates how they're supposed to be done. And then when I talk to uh, when folks were talking in general, I think uh, the last this past session they did away with some of those restrictions on how the funds could be used. Mm -hmm. It's that way the districts had used sure. those funds. Yeah, they this I, last session they yeah, did. this last yeah. session, and so. I think the district was looking at that as a way to help beef up their compression a little tiny bit in some ways. But I'm hoping that this budget comes out, that there's going to be more allocation towards the compression. I, if it were me, that. That's what I would love to do. I, I hope that you're right. And I do hope that happens from the state because I think from the state's viewpoint, it was, oh, gosh, you know, we're having a teacher shortage statewide and we're having record growth. So we need new teachers. So yeah. let's entice this for new teachers. But you completely forget about your rank and file that yes. are, by the way experience. Yes. Yep. And you know, that experience is worth something. You yes. Know? I mean, you're going to have far fewer behavior problems and you know what? Those older teachers, dare I say old teachers, you know, cause I'm in my 25th yeah. year, but those old teachers, they know what they're doing Yeah. They're, I mean, they're masters at their craft and I'm a firm believer that in our public schools and, and in the private schools, but you know, I work in the public school system. There are small miracles that happen every day in, 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 in our schools and to to treat your your employees that have 
the most knowledge and have been around the longest to treat them that way. It's it doesn't feel good. It's a slap yeah. in the face, and it's it's. Yep. I hope it gets. I, I want to give a shout out to, and you know, this is just proud mama talking yeah. to my son Shane Story, who is now Volusia County. He is an ESE coordinator, okay. yeah, uh, know, and yeah. he's doing that's his area of specialty. He's passionate about it. I've heard really good things come back to me about that's your him. Son? Yeah, do you know Shane? I've heard the name. Yeah. yeah, he is doing amazing things. He has been an advocate for the underserved. He is smart he is capable he has a brilliant like legal mind he has you know he served honorably so yeah. he understands what it's like to be a leader and he's a team player also and yeah. he's tried since he stepped into his role very first year with um with with talking about that with raising these issues i mean he's spoken at the school board even being a teacher you know uh, about things that uh, we need to change and, and and a shout out to my friend kim shorty short too because she's doing an amazing job too we've needed to open up those positions so that we have better relationships between the constituency the board and the actual schools it is a delicate balance these days with all the restrictions that have been placed on teachers now as far as what they can and can't do i got my ass busted when i was in school you well, know what you i know mean what one of the things that are really coming up with this year is i think um President Pasadoma wanted to do it with the 20 minute. Um, so that 20 minute on, on, on recess. recess that came up from a former state rep, uh, Renee Placencia, uh, everybody called him coach, right? He used to be in school systems mm -hmm. and, but, but, but Renee was a big believer in athletics and so forth and make sure kids were getting out there. And I'm not saying that you, we shouldn't have that. The problem was it was way too constrictive because the problem, and Troy, you know, this elementary, especially with the elementary school um, side, Everything is timed a certain way throughout the day. And right now, administrators are going crazy trying to figure out each minute. And then when you have to build in that 20 minutes, instead of allowing the administrators and staff to figure out how to put the 20 minutes throughout the week, mm -hmm. it's like you got to have 20 minutes. And they're going crazy trying to figure out what the hell to do. Like Eric, it's down to the minute, like you're saying. Yeah. So that that is so minute. restrictive yeah. to me. Like This is why we have children that are so confused. That's all I'm going to say. We need more outside, less inside. I mean – it, it's truly whatever you know what I mean. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk yeah. about something else other than education. Yep. Um, I want to talk about um, building and development. Okay. Okay. And I there are some bills coming up uh, regarding that. I just kind of yeah. put those out also. <clears throat> and I want to also talk about something near and dear to my heart that we're not talking enough about. You're familiar with the VOCA funding, right? VOCA funding, what that does is a federal level, and what it does is it funds our victim advocates at the Sheriff's Department, okay, for domestic violence, okay? And I'm going to harp on domestic violence, and I'm going to just really say how disappointed I am in the county council. I said it when Danny was here. I say it half-assed, tongue-in-cheek, but I really mean this, that what, and I'm going to be serious with you, and I'm going to be me with you. My concern is that we have white men sitting up on the dais, okay? The issues that are being discussed are what I feel are white Republican male issues. And, and what we've gotten down to the latest and greatest thing is opening up Tiger Bay for recreational use. I'm a family person. I'm an outdoors person. What we're not talking about any up on the dais other than giving money, which thank you for that, okay? is we have a serious issue with nowhere to shelter domestic violence victims in Volusia County, okay? 
how Deltona houses domestic violence victims is the sheriff's department calls us when they have a domestic violence victim and I go pick them up or somebody with Deltona Strong goes and picks them up and puts them into a hotel for a few days. We fund that. We're self-funded through that. And then we pray that we can get them in some system. Who funds that? Deltona Strong. It's private. We take money out of our pockets to fund that privately. the city of Deltona. This is a private. This is private. Nonprofit. Gotcha. And and usually it's one of five people taking money out of their pocket for this because we don't have any domestic violence shelters. We're not talking about it. Something that I'm bringing forth also is that in Volusia County, if you are a judge and you are made request for uh, an injunction, okay, to protect a female against a or a male, whoever, against domestic violence, there's no record keeping whether a judge approves that injunction order or not. They don't have to keep it, don't have to provide it. So what is going to happen now is the feds are cutting in half the VOCA funding. So where are we going to get that money, okay, to fund the victim advocate, first of all? Are we going to cut that knowing that domestic violence is on the rise? Go look at your comp stat numbers. Knowing that domestic violence is on the rise, and we're not doing anything. The latest and greatest thing that we had was reorganization or whatever, the whole thing with the Beacon Center. And what I find the most sad about that whole situation is that we can only talk about the Beacon Center because the Beacon Center is the only place that we have. And if the county, the county, the, 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 what I hear, the position is that it's not the county's job to do this. These are constituents living in the county. And when we say, oh, the nonprofits can go take care of that, who's funding the nonprofits? People are running out of money to give for something like this, and we're not. So with that being said, the lack of domestic violence shelters, we're running into issues. We're not rehabbing the person that is committing the crime. We are kicking women out of the house. They're running with children, and they can't get an injunction order from judges because the males are now staying in the house while you have a woman with three autistic children out on the street trying to find a place for her because we can't tie anything to data. There are so many things going wrong with that, but we're not talking about that at the county city levels because the county's not talking about it. The cities aren't talking about it before. I'm sure you want to say something. Can I just ask you something though? Sure. So is the idea that there's no equivalent of a beacon center on the West side and would that solve the problem? Basically we need 10, 10, we need 10 throughout Volusia County. How many, how many, um, go look at the comp stat numbers, 900 and something domestic violence cases. Just pull up old they, comp stat numbers. Flow. Like it's not a permanent. No, they fucking don't. They, no, no, they're no, no, rising. No. no, what I'm saying is they, somebody that's a victim comes into the system and then it hopefully works itself out peacefully after so much time. That's a white man. I, no, 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 no. I'm just a, I'm asking because no, I've never experienced this, Jane. I'm being Gosh. serious. I'm being totally serious. I'm trying to understand. I don't know what the, the capacity is at the Beacon Center. And Not if, enough. If Every single them. time that I've called in the last two years to try to get someone placed in there, because I get a lot of calls about that, zero fucking vacancy for anyone right. in West that's, Volusia. No, that's what I was zero, to they have 50 beds, but only 30 are occupied or whatever. Zero fucking occupancy. Now, you have a couple, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to out them. You have maybe 15 beds in other private hush-hush underground places at the most for the total of Volusia County. So one of the problems is doing away with funding is because the feds, the state, the county, you don't have any hard numbers on what's really going on as far as looking at protection orders. You can't do that. Do you know why judges don't have to do it? And there's one filthy fucking judge in Volusia County who I'm not going to name yet 
that is one of the worst offenders that I know. He had a case, a 15 fucking page narrative in front of him regarding a husband taking a child and throwing a child against a fence. Okay. Documented by the sheriff's department, documented by the sheriff's department. And he refused to sign the injunction order. Woman that I was working with, credible threat, credible issues had happened. She had three daughters all under the age of 10 with autistic, one of them severely autistic. She fled and couldn't get back into her home because the judge said no. After we were there, two days, two days for a total of 10 fucking hours at Deland Courthouse trying to get this woman an injunction. No, was it filed? No, same judge. And I asked, can I get the numbers from your office on how many injunction orders have been asked of you and how many you have granted or not? No, we don't keep that data. How the fuck are we getting funded then? And how is the county going to know what we need? How are the cities going to know? How are the feds going to know? They're cutting funds because we don't require this information. Dana, I got to tell you, you know, as a, as a policymaker in Volusia County, it's important to hear all sides of the story. And I haven't had anybody. You're the first to bring this up. Now, I've, I've been the elected District 4 County Councilman for 11 months, mm -hmm. 11 months in a week, I would say. Uh, and you're the first person to bring this up. I haven't, I haven't heard, uh, of, of the, um, need in West Volusia as much. So I'm glad that we're having the conversation. I think there are so many veins mm -hmm. in this. When you start talking about domestic violence, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, the victims and, uh, the perps and the kids, mm -hmm. and then, you know, if it's man or woman that goes back to. Yep. You know, the abuse, you know, yep. and, you know, you, you know, I'm sure people feel like, you know, we're, we're trying and we're helping, but, you know, they're running right back into that situation. That is because and it, and we're so severely, it's because we're so severely event. underfunded and because it's not important. It is only, here's the thing, what we're doing, we're fighting fires, we're sheltering you, but we're not doing anything after the fact. And the same holds true for any type of mental so health and substance what abuse. What I'll tell issues. you is, listen, the reason why, one of the reasons why we chose to do this 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 format here in this podcast, whatever way it was to be able to go ahead and have an opportunity to talk to everybody around the county about different issues. Sure. This being one of them. This being one of them I'll say is this. The same happens in Tallahassee. Not every politician or elected official I say go that goes up there is familiar with every single issue. Man or woman, forget that just for just a moment. Because there were women mm -hmm. on that county council. And I don't outside of maybe Barb there was another female on that kind of council, and I don't ever remember them bringing any of these issues up on how bad it was or not, right? So my point in saying that, Dana, is not to knock it and your commentary on it, but to the fact that you got Troy here now to say, and then we had Danny on last week, which is, hey, look, guys, regardless of the men issue, that's it. It's all men up there. I want you I guys. I say that tongue-in-cheek. You know I, I know, I know. But at least at a moment, at this time, you have, you have Troy here to sit here and say, Troy, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. We got to figure out a way to fix this. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and start having that initial conversation. Look, I will say this. <clears throat> I can I can only speak from what I've seen so far with Troy, right? And regardless of what people think out there just in general about Troy or whether, you know, whatever he's doing on the county council, I can tell you this. I've seen some things that Troy's done. Been kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, and trying That's my to my curse yeah, yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> and thing. trying to move the needle on a, on a couple different issues, whether it be as something as simple as some people think, you know, having the issue with you know, dogs on the beach, which a lot of folks I know wanted, mm -hmm. to a number of different other issues. I think this is where the conversation starts to happen on saying, okay, Councilman oh, Ken, we need to figure out a way to do this. Okay, Dana, let's talk let's talk offline and privately mm -hmm. about I'm not saying you have to do this right now, Troy, but I'm not trying yeah, to put you again. 
But, you know, do we have that conversation about that at some point in time to say, hey, look, not just a man or woman issue, because we all have to we all agree. Sure. Domestic violence is wrong. Bottom line. If you're a man kicking your wife's ass, dude, you're, you're a momo. I'm sorry. You're doing it. And then vice versa, if you're a woman kicking a man's ass, unless you feel that you need it to, you're a momo as well, too. Domestic violence is wrong regardless. Mm-hmm. But I think that conversation probably should start happening, especially when we're talking about the federal funds, which may remind you, I get it. It's on data. But when we start talking about politics of this all, right, I'll remind everybody that there's a certain there's a president that's up there right now and a certain administration. And I and I say that only because it happens on both sides of the aisle. Yep. When we're sitting there talking about cutting funds. Hey, just don't blame Trump or blame the next guy or yep. blame Uncle Ronnie. This is coming from a Democrat administration that's cutting these funds um, that that's I'm well needed over here in Belusia County. My point is then to your point, who now picks up the slack yep. on some of that? The, the state and the county is going to have to. And when we go to the state and ask, the state's going to say this. Oh, that's not a job for us. Those are for local nonprofits. Dude, you've strangled us so much and we're having to pick up so much slack that our nonprofits at this juncture are nonprofit. Yeah. You know, there's no more profit to to distribute. You have. We're stretched. And, and as people get poorer, they get meaner. And we have more domestic violence because of that. It's very systemic. And until we take it seriously and we make it important, then we're going to, this is going to be an issue. Dana, I got to tell you, not just because you're an elected city commissioner. I mean, if you were one of my constituents on the, on, you know, in my district, I would say the same thing to you. But if it's important to you, I'm telling you, it's important to me. And so close, and and I'm and I, I mean I mean this. I don't know what the laugh is, but I, I'll tell you. You'll see. You'll see later. But but I but I mean it. So you know, this is something that's near and dear to your heart. I can I can see the passion that you have with this. Um, so I'm open to the conversation. I mean, it all is going to come down to funding. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you talked about you know the feds won't do it, the state doesn't want to do it, the county or the state has to do it. And last I checked, the state had you know. Um, record dollars they were bringing in you know and record surplus so i don't you know i mean i'm just gonna bypass that right now (laughs) uncle ronnie is a tight wide fucker and he doesn't like giving money for social programs he does but if i go back let me look at the funds that he's given for those issues and i look at it per capita it's like 18 dollars or something like that and i just what i'm trying to do what i'm trying to do on my part now just everybody knows what i'm Mm. trying to do on my part right now is i'm trying to get her at least at a bare minimum a zoom meeting with sam garrison because uh, she knows that Sam's an advocate. She's a big, she's a big fan of Sam Garrison. He's, he's a good man. Um, what I'll tell you is, I'm trying to see if there's a way I can get even if it's ten minutes in the, between this break between now and session. When session starts to get her there, so at least at a bare minimum, so she can say, "Hey, look, rep, this is an issue that I think we're running into." To at least start playing that seat, because I've told a lot of folks. Most times in Tallahassee, and Troy, you maybe on, and you probably see this on the county council too. Even when you were a city commissioner, nothing usually happens. It's very rare something happens the first time up. It's got to happen. We got to know what's the need. What are we trying to fulfill? What are we trying to accomplish here at the end of the day? And it may take two or three different bites of the apple. Mike and you, Mike, you, you've got to get a group of elected officials on the same page and you've got to talk about this and you've got to show some data and you know, you got to talk about, I can't show you data, man, because they don't, they won't produce the, the, the need. And you know, but you're right. You know, usually the first time around it's, it's not, but not always. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I feel. I, listen, can I tell you something? Yeah. I feel very um, encouraged about this because I believe that you don't know what you don't know, and I believe that there is such a gaping hole of need here that I think that it the good conversation would be the impetus to get it started at the state level because. When we're t- the state and anybody that's going to produce funding that we're going to give you money is going to want data. And I don't think see anybody shortchanging even a judge 
when we talk about getting data on something as serious as domestic violence, because domestic violence has trickle down effect throughout the, the system. It causes more money to be needed when we talk about incarceration, because there's no rehab after that. When we talk about um, what it does to the children, when we talk about long-term emotional toll, when we talk about uh, substance abuse, it's all interrelated. And my, again, my biggest issue with this is that we need to capture the data. And in order to do that, the judges need to produce that data. So let me back up, though, before it gets sure. to a judge, mm -hmm. is is the problem that too many of these cases don't make it to the police departments? Because if, it, if yeah. you're going through the departments and the sheriff's office, they're going to have data. But it, it maybe you can't not capture everything. It doesn't capture. It does not capture everything because even down to it, it, it it's the same thing as when the sheriff's department, police department, they do everything in their power. They have great training, great vice, great drugs. They get the people in, right? They arrest them. They do the bus. They do everything that they're supposed to do to close the loop, right? Their part. They're doing their part. Closing the loop, though, is when the judge then gives them a nine month sentence for some shit that they should be in jail for for 12 years. And so you have repeat offenders get out and do the same thing. We're trying to capture the data from the judges because how many, what, you know, when you, by the time you usually file an injunction order, first of all, there are a lot of women that are, or they've called an average of three times on domestic violence issues. And then they finally get the courage to actually go to the judge to say, please get this person out of my life. And then you have a woman getting turned down for that. You know what happens then? She goes back to the abuser. You know why? Because he's not made to leave the home. These women or men, whoever's being abused, that they, that needs long-term care. They need to be in a system for at least a year to, to rebuild their self-esteem. Let me give you a quick example. I got a call probably last year. I got a call from the sheriff's department regarding a domestic violence. I went and picked up the young lady. Tried for three days to get her somewhere. She was tiny, 98 pounds. She was Guatemalan, okay? There was a problem with her paperwork. She had come here to work, okay? Followed her Honduran boyfriend here. He was beating her up. And she, at that juncture, said, I just, I'll just go back. And I'm like, fuck that. You're going to stay with me. I brought her in my house to live with me. Okay, because we couldn't find any place for her. In that time, we got her paperwork fixed. I know that Senator Wright's office helped out. Uh, I forgot who else. I wish I could I could remember who else helped out. But to get her paperwork cleared up so that she could, she wanted to go back to California so, so she could go to school. I had the girl at the beach with me one day. I said, get your bathing suit. She was in her room. You know, I would take her, bring her back and forth to work. So I said, get your bathing suit on. We're going to go to the beach one day. We got to the beach and she had, um, she had a little jacket on. And then she, she didn't have a bathing suit on. And I'm like, I called her. I said, sweetheart, what, why in why do you not have a bathing suit on? Her boyfriend punished her for being pretty. And she just would not wear a bathing suit because he called her whore. He called her all this other stuff. And she had to be deprogrammed to understand, right? And you know what? Her dreams started coming out, da-da-da. So she was with me a total of four months, and she is living successfully in California. She went to barber school because I told her, don't fuck around with cosmetology school. Go to barber school. Female barbers, you'll slay the game. You know, you're capable. So what I'm talking about is that long-term investment, turning a female around or turning a person around, and we need that type of detail. And guess what? Rather than being in a system for repeat offenses, now the dude, he might, I, he went to jail for one night. I don't know what happened to him after the fact. 
she's out of the system now. It took four months of intensive work with her, but now she's out of the system. No more taxpayer burden, none of this. But instead, we're not doing that. We're not producing these places where these women can go to get schooling, to understand that they shouldn't be tied to a man's purse, to understand a lot of things that go into having a repetitive domestic violence victim. And that's my that's my fundamental problem, you know. Two. Peace to you, too, OG. Two minutes. About two minutes. Yes, ma'am. Two minutes. Fuck. All right. no, okay. No, no, no. Sorry. Sorry, but I needed to lay that out to you in a complete so that you understood what the cycle is and why I am so we need this data. I'm glad you did because, you know, you said something earlier. You said you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And when Mike first started talking about it, you know, Mike said, hold on a second. I've never lived this, yeah. you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and I believe it, you know, I mean, if you've never lived it, you don't know what you don't know. Yep, exactly. Now, and, you know, if you've never we, been a victim or even, be, even worse been the, the aggressor, mm-hmm. you yeah. wouldn't know this. System. So welcome to being a lawmaker. Welcome to being the lawmakers that aren't making these decisions here. And that's why they don't find it important because until it affects you, when other people bring it up, you can tell somebody all day long what feeling sick feels like, but until they experience it. And I find that that is sad because at some juncture, somebody much like cancer is going to experience domestic violence. And we need to be more proactive on these issues. It causes billions of dollars when we could get to the root cause, we could find the root cause by doing these things, providing an environment that gets them out of the system. That's where well, I'm headed. I know. I'm sure Troy's going to help. I'll do whatever I can to help. Okay. Uh, I'm a different world than, than he's in, yeah. but I'll, I'll do my part. Okay. Too. I love that. Thank yeah. you. I love that journey for hey, us. Hey, listen. It's a, hey, look. Everybody knows Mike is the uh, – Mike, Mike, you're the – Oh, exec- stop. Uh, Mike's executive director. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I deal with a lot of cops. He deals with the cops all the time. But it doesn't sound like it's a police problem. Right no. now. And, so that, and so that, I guess to that point, what is it? I don't know where we're under the gun here a little bit. What, have you talked to the sheriff about this? Oh, yeah. We're all fans of the yeah. sheriff. Yeah. yeah. So I want to do that. If you we need could. more. We need more. Okay. We need more. That's the bottom line. Right. Much like, you know what pisses me off too? We don't have any legislation in place for dumbasses that leave their their unlocked vehicles with a firearm in it. You should be fined the fuck out of and if you are stupid enough as a gun, as a responsible pew pew or to take your fucking gun out of the car. But there's no reason that you're not going to do it anymore. You know why? Because we don't have any punishment for it, dumbasses. Oh, God. Here Anyways. Go. You can't talk about that like guns. You will lose your Georgia uh, Fucking pew right pew. Part. You know what? But I keep mine secure. I know where my I shit bet. is, and I'm not leaving it Good in my truck, you. you dumb fuckers. I mean, you got a gun, and you're leaving it unlocked. Oh, and then it got stolen. and But you don't get punished for it. You need your dick slap for that. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I'm going to give you my remaining quarters. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it is always guys that leave their right. shit unlocked. Because Sorry. my voice is where it's at. You want okay, listen. Y'all are going to come back. Wait, y'all are going to come back. We're going to have a meeting offline, okay? I enjoyed meeting you for Absolutely. the second time. Yeah, me, same here. Yeah. Mm. Well, listen, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say yeah, this. It's always I, a pleasure. Listen, I really enjoyed it today. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Everybody knows. I'm, dude, I'm big fans of these two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is where it happens, Dana. Same, same here, Eric. Thank you. And my wife, you know, she thinks the world of you. So I'll tell you this. Re- that, really quickly, if yeah. I can. Your wife is a class act. I, I I really enjoyed having her as one of my bosses. Yeah. You know, she always was looking out for what's best for kids with mm-hmm. every decision she she always made. Yeah. And um, you know, I I just I just wanted you to know and for I her if she's it. listening 
that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers. I know. I appreciate that. Yeah. I really do, man. And you then, married up, Eric. And then, yeah, I definitely did. And this is, <laughs> we all. Yeah. <laughs> we all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, this, and this is where it happens right here. We can have these hard, these yep. hard conversations to at least get the thing going a little yep. bit. So. Yep. So listen, guys, it's a pleasure. I know that you'll be back. Because we're, we have a lot of important things to talk about, you know, and I thank you for coming in the good spirit and um, not wearing Kevlar. Thank you. That was, <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. I'm bringing you a roll of quarters next time. <laughs> yeah, you need to. We'll split it. Uh, Scudero, thank you so much. You know, I'm a fan of you and my, Demo- my Democratic friends hate me for it. <laughs> oh, you're, I bet. you're like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They, they don't like Mike? They love Mike. Oh, yeah. They love losing Mike. Ramondo. Yeah. Ramondo, yes. go home and do some gargle yeah. shit or He's something. Doing so his much shit yeah. very well today. I, I'm going right. to be up in Tallahassee too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had talked to you about something offline. Right. We'll no talk. Okay. Right. Listen, guys, thank you again for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Thank you. We know your time is valuable, and it's always meaningful that you choose to spend your time listening to us losers. We really, really appreciate it. And just remember this: if it's important to you, it's important to us. Peace. You. There it is. Bye. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors, take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers, and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.